The following is a joint production of Burgundy Blog and Sports Channel 8. people it's me brent with season four episode five of burgundy blogcast the official podcast of burgundy blog fiercely rational redskins commentary tonight my buddy colin and i are going to talk about bruce allen free agency the draft and a bunch of other redskins related crap so let's do it all righty Colin, are you there, my man? I hope so, Brent. I think I am. Nice. Colin and I were just uh, messing around with some uh, audio editing tools, etc., and getting way out of our depth on um, on trying to make this podcast sound better than it has previously. But uh, am I coming in loud and clear for you there, Carl? I hear you loud and clear. Nice. All right, good. Well, um, Listeners to the Burgundy Blogcast will recall that Colin uh, was uh, kind enough to join me recently. What has it been? A few weeks, I think, since since few we weeks, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah a few weeks since we had you on. A lot of stuff has happened. Of course, the Redskins had already sort of agreed to trade for Alex Smith at that point. We talked about that at length. Um, I think since our la- our last chat, um, of course, free agency started. The trade became official. And uh, so I, I asked Colin to come back and, and chat again tonight to get his takes on all current events Redskins, including um, free agency, obviously, and, and, and uh, his thoughts on some of the guys that the Redskins signed and didn't sign, maybe. Um, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about some quotes by Bruce Allen from the... Um, owners or the league meetings recently and then some draft stuff how's that sound to you colin sounds good did i miss anything since since we last talked how how you been well brent i'm getting out of a semi-depression about sports um as you know i'm a big uva basketball fan Mm, yes i do know and that was a bit of a crushing blow for me uh our recent loss which i'm sure everyone is aware of and so everyone and his mother is aware of I want to be very clear here for context people I'm not rubbing this in Colin's face Colin and I actually know each other primarily or initially from our time together at UVA Colin and I are Wahoos in fact both double Who's that's right and I agree with you Colin that that uh that first round of the tournament was quite a punch in the balls but Brent, here's the thing, and this is why, and this is not a, a UVA podcast, but they had such a great season, and it's so hard to kind of figure out how you look at this season because yep. they had such an amazing season. But it was it was a glorious season, and and so I don't think one loss defines that, um, and I'll forever think it's because of DeAndre Hunter's injury. But but here's here's how I've been thinking about the Redskins recently, and why I'm actually excited about the Redskins. So, as you know, Brent, I'm a huge sports fan, and sports is my hobby, and we're, everyone's busy at work, you know, you, you want your hobbies to be a good release and something you enjoy, but my hobbies just crush my soul a few times a year, 
you know? I mean, watching UVA lose was crushing. I love the Nationals. I'm sure many of your listeners follow the Nationals, and they crush us every October. (laughs) And so it's just like, why must my hobbies crush me like this? Uh I need some new hobbies. But then I realized that I'm actually excited to follow the Redskins again because... Because of how the Redskins have been over the years, you know, they just haven't been that good. They haven't been that well run. We don't have high expectations for the Redskins. I've kind of lost my emotional attachment to the Redskins. Uh-huh. I, 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 this is interesting to me. I feel you here. And, and I feel like I can now follow them more objectively. Yep. You know, I can see what they're doing, what moves they're making. Huh, that might work. That seems kind of dumb. And if they win or lose, I don't feel the emotional weight of it all, you know? Yep. And if they lose, it's not going to ruin my whole week like last week was ruined because, yes, Brent, I did arrange my whole work schedule so I could go to the Elite Eight in the Final Four. <laughs> um, and, yes, I came this close to buying Final Four tickets. Um, and, so, and, yes, I switched call weekends so I could go, and I switched into a very bad call weekend, all for UVA <laughs> hoops, and it all came crashing down. And, but, Colin, that region ended up setting up pretty nicely for, for a run to, to the Final Four, you know? Hey, Brent, you know what You know what the honest answer is? In the past five tournaments that UVA has been in, the team that's gone to the Final Four from the region has, have all been like 11 seeds, right, 7 exactly. seeds, and 10 seeds. I know. The 1, 2, 3, and 4 seed has not gone to They the Final just got to break freaking through the first couple. Ugh. So anyway, there are probably a lot of tech fans listening to this. They're laughing at us. Um, so you got yourself a little staycation first part of next week, courtesy of the Wahoos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of bummed about that. But, yes, I, I, I will be here in town with days off. So I'm pretty bummed, too. Um, but I tell you what, you know, th- what you said about, and, and we have not, I don't, I don't think, really discussed that uh, previously, that, that topic, the idea of this new, this recent emotional detachment from the Redskins. I, I completely, I mean, it really resonates with me. Now, here I am, you know, I've got Burgundy blog. I'm pretty invested. I follow the team, honestly, as closely as I ever have. But I, I totally agree with you that my interest or my investment in the Redskins here in 2018 is very different from what it was when I was younger. Even, even you know, five, four, three years ago, I, 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 I don't really feel a, a sentimental um, attachment to them anymore. I'm not, I'm not pulling for them. I mean, some of the players I feel somewhat connected to, and, and I, I root for them, obviously, and I wish for the, the best for them personally. Um, I'll say frankly that I do not wish success or good things in general on on really anyone in the Redskins front office. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they deserve it. You know, I just in in general philosophically, like I don't really want to see Bruce Allen succeed. Um, I don't care I much for him, frankly. You know, and 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 same for Dan Snyder. So it makes it really hard to to like pull for them and sit here on my couch, root and scream as hard as I ever did. You know, on Sundays, it's I I, I can. We'll always think that the NFL is is just incredibly compelling, and that the sport of football is fascinating. and And I think that the the idea of building a team, um, you know, planning for success and and how to execute is just you know amazing. Um, and, and so <laughs> over the last couple of decades, we're we're getting lessons in much greater detail from other teams than we are from our own on on how to do that. But um, I'm I'm still you know really really drawn to the Redskins to see how 
how you know each each move pans out individually um and and how the games go and how the seasons go but i, I agree with you man it's uh it's it's not a you know it's really it's gone from a love and and an affection to to just a, more of a fascination and i mean I, I, what what are we going to say like i don't i don't blame you i don't really blame myself for that it's uh, it's been it a long time yeah i mean it is what it is they just they've been beating up on us man so i, I tell you it's kind of funny um i i thought about this for a while actually and i've had this this thought about how i look at the redskins now for a while but do you remember two years ago when all the skins had to do was beat the Giants in their last game and, and they would go to the playoffs? Oh, yeah. And on that last drive, Cousins threw that interception. Oh, yeah. And, and so I had that same thought, but then as I'm watching that game when Cousins threw that pick from somewhere deep in my soul, I just screamed, no! <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it's still in there a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I'm not sure where that came from exactly, but I still kind of had that fire like, no! Like, I cannot believe you threw that pick right there. And so it's I'm still with there you. I think, I, you know, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't, audibly you know visibly really react much either but it, but you know in, in the same way kind of deep down it's that visceral uh yeah. dis- discomfort but that that torture but um yeah so well, anyway so objectively speaking on that are. note it's, uh off season 2018 owners meetings are going on yep um what, what do you think of the bruce allen interview that they did yeah this let's week? let's let's do touch on bruce um you know he, he um he spoke i guess with with uh a journalist JP and fin- reporters finley, from a couple outlets yes including jp finley i'm a big fan of jp's work uh, for NBC Sports Washington, and he did um, as good an interview as any of uh, of Bruce. And you know, he, Bruce touched on a few things of interest to me. Um, and, and and you know, in our very brief pre-pod planning session, um, you and I both identified this this one um, quote of his, which was with regard to essentially his answer to JP's question about why didn't you trade Kirk a year ago in 2017. Um, you know, well before the season started, if indeed you knew that at that time, which which Bruce had just conceded that, you know, having not worked out a long term contract at that point, that the 2017 was was kind of doomed to be his last year as a Redskin. And uh, I was nodding my head, as I think you were, too, when JP asked that question. And Bruce's answer was, well, we were trying to win last year. And, um, and I and and um, that, that, yeah, it struck me. It sounds like it struck you, too. I'm interested to hear your take. But I, I tweeted a little uh, uh, about that, you know, a few days ago, and um, I think maybe my my perspective. I'm, I'm not sure it was th- that I communicated it well because it, it seemed like maybe it was misinterpreted. I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really trying to rip Bruce for that comment. I, I just thought it was interesting, and it, it, it wasn't altogether shocking. But um, I think that the Redskins, you know, quitted themselves pretty darn well in September last year and started to make a case that maybe they were a good enough team if, if they had, of course, stayed healthy to make some noise in the playoffs. And, and so I think it's a, a valid, at least a, an interesting discussion to be had. You know, how good a season would they have had to have for him stay, you know, to, to have stayed being the right move? You know, if they knew that they were only going to get one year out of him. What if they had made the, you know, obviously I think any, everyone would take a Super Bowl appearance, sure. you know, right? Um, maybe one playoff win. What's your take? I mean, how, how good a season would, have it, would that have had to have become to make the non-trade of Kirk Cousins in 2017 uh, defensible? Yeah, so first off, I, I dislike Bruce Allen as much as the next guy, but I actually think that's the right answer. 
And so we can sit here and say in hindsight, oh, man, it would have been nice if we gotten a draft pick from the Browns um, this year for Cousins, and last year was kind of a wash anyway. But, you know, Bruce Allen's got to look Ryan Kerrigan in the eye. He's got to look Trent Williams in the eye. He's got to look Brandon Sheriff in the eye and say, I'm, I just dealt away your starting quarterback right. for, for the future. You know? I mean, these guys are out there playing and risking their their healths and their you know careers every day. And, you know, NFL season – it's not something you just kind of want to, you know, blow off for one year for the future. I mean, I guess some teams do, but um, it is, you're right. It, it is very tough to swallow like a legit tank job, even for one year. Yeah, I mean, and these guys, you know, there are some solid veterans on the team that don't want their quarterback to get traded, you know, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, each year... How would D'Angelo Hall have responded, for example? Right. I mean, and it, it's each year it's its own entity, and that isn't to knock Colt McCoy, but... You know, they train all off season, or I guess this could happen in the off season, I guess. But you know, how pumped are those guys going to be when their quarterback, who just led them to a division title and then almost playoffs, gets traded, and they're kind of like, "Well, great, you know, we're not going to be any good this year." Yeah. You know, how can you ask the rest of the team to perform to their best when you're giving up, you know, their starting quarterback? And so, you know, and he, I listened to the interview too, and he makes constant reference to, to the injuries. I mean, I think they legitimately thought they were going to be a good team last year. Well, what do you, and, I mean, is that valid? You know, I, I, I think that for the past three years, the Redskins have been a seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven team. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, so yeah, you get a couple of breaks, you're 10 and six, you get a couple of injuries, you're seven and nine, you, you, you know? And so, so how good a season would they have had to have for, for, for it to have been worth it? You know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to say. I mean, who knows what would happen? They have an awesome season. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game. Maybe all of a sudden, Kirk wants to stay. You yeah, know? exactly. That's a that's a great that's a great important angle on it too. I think if they yeah. win ten or certainly eleven games, and you know they have some confidence going into that into that, and 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 then they pull off one playoff win. For me, that's kind of the magic thing. Is that if they had even won one playoff game, it it might have been enough to, you know, help them smooth out some of those differences. Yeah. I mean, the way last year went, it was pretty easy to kind of break. It was a clean break, you know, like last year was clearly disappointing and it was time for everyone to move on. But, right. you know, a successful season would have made that, you know, much more challenging. And yeah. And and so, so yeah, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I wish we had the Brown second round pick. But I think it makes sense to to go for it each year, you know. What if you would? Ha- what I mean, could could they have had San Fran's first rounder? How badly did Kyle want him? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, I mean, it's neither here nor there. But yeah, um, I I I, I I'm with you. I I think you know to me specifically that that brief two game stretch, um, right around the the quarter mark of the year when when the Redskins basically dominated the Raiders who at the right. time we thought were pretty good and and then hung real tight with the Chiefs at Arrowhead and even beat uh, the Rams on the road which right good point forgot about that we didn't even good, know but, right we didn't even know how yeah. good a win that was so you know <laughs> when they had the full compliment um it was a, it was a competitive squad and yeah. um you know and, so and, it, and if but for the that loss to the Saints you know who knows how how it would have gone absolutely so, right Right, and, even yeah. I mean, they they won at Seattle, like yeah, in a game that nobody expected. So anyway, I'm not making excuses. I think you and I are on the same page. Yeah, no one, I, I think, no one I here think, is a friend of Bruce, but I think that's valid. I mean, I I I will back Bruce on that one. I think that's valid. It made yeah, it it made me, 
uh, I still I still thought at the time in the moment that they should have dealt him, anticipating that we would be here today exactly where we are, and I still think now in hindsight that they should have dealt him. However, um, having thought more about that remark that he that he made to JP Finley, um, yeah, I, I agree. It, it it made me it made me think that the that the mistake is maybe a little bit less egregious. So I agree. Good. Good. Um, all right. Let's. Um, what, what are you thinking about Redskins free agency so far? So I think Paul Richardson sounds exciting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't say that I've seen him with so much. I guess I didn't watch too many Seahawk games last year. But yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting to have a downfield threat like that. Yep. Um, I guess Josh Doxson's now our number one receiver. <laughs> yeah. Don't quite, don't quite know how that's going to go. But um, right. Uh, so I think that was an exciting move. I. I'm not sure how much Skandrick's got left in the tank. Agree. Um, uh, and this guy, Mc, uh, Pernell McPhee, I think has been a good player. I know he's had some injury issues. Yep. Uh, I sure wish they would they would bulk up the defensive line a little bit. I, I don't quite understand why we always ignore that position. Yep. I guess I guess they signed two guys last year who weren't all that good. Uh, McLean and um, who's who the other guy they signed? Uh, McGee uh, was kind McGee. of okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of. Gosh, it's been. Uh, you, you remember back in like the ninety, I want to say ninety eight season when the Skins signed Dan Wilkinson and Dana Stubblefield in, in one off season. Absolutely, this is, this is a unique reference. But I feel like it hasn't been since that year that we've like really addressed our defensive line. Right, uh, right. And uh, of, course of course, they tried guys, with Fat Albert, but we all know how that. Oh out. my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. But I, I feel like it, so maybe they're right. Every, everyone they sign kind of stinks, but um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I do wish at some point we could kind of like. You know the Eagles have just doubled down on their defensive line now. You know with yep. um, uh, with Bennett from the Seahawks, and so I, you know, we've seen a few teams in recent history just go seemingly over the top with right. uh, with defensive line talent, and and I I think of the Giants when they were um, locking horns with the Patriots, um, and it you know that is certainly among the viable strategies for reaching and winning a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, I, no, no one, no one uh, I think, doubts at this point that in the NFL you have to harass the quarterback to, to win. And, um, you know, the Eagles have like half a dozen guys that, uh, that can do that reliably now. Yeah, apparently they're – I'm not sure where I read this, but apparently they're excited about Ryan Anderson this year. Apparently he's going to uh-huh. do more than he did last year, I hope. Well, that would certainly be a boon because he was a zero as a rookie. <laughs> he, did, he did nothing last uh, year. So. I, I, I saw what you saw, yes. I think that they're supposedly – you know, it it's certainly could be a March and April sort of fluff uh, piece, but um, he's apparently lost a little weight and maybe he's going to – hopefully the light bulb will go on for him. So, I yes. I. I think mostly I agree with with your take on the guys that they signed. I think Richardson and I mentioned this on on a solo pod a couple of weeks ago that he's not quite worth what they paid him probably, but it wasn't a totally backbreaking contract. With um, I think he's averaging eight million a year uh, at least in theory. Uh, they guaranteed him like ten at signing and sixteen for all intents and purposes or something. I mean, it's a lot of money. I, I I don't think he's as good as the money suggests. However, I think that they were absolutely, you know, clearly he was their number one A target um, because they desperately, desperately needed what he does. I think they needed that Deshaun Jackson sort of role. Now, obviously, no one present or past does the DJX role like DJX does, but, you know, they need a, they needed a field stretcher. 
and they saw him and identified him as the best available. So, I mean, I, you know, I guess I, I give him some credit for, for going after that. I, I think that there's a very non-trivial chance he'll turn out to be just, just a guy. Um, right. You know, and he, he's not your prototypical number one type X receiver. But, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it, it sounds like they're going to give Doxon every opportunity to grow into that. And, and Gruden, for his part, sure seems to think that um, – the arrival of Alex Smith is going to help him blossom into that. Well, I th- yeah, I mean, I think it's all about Alex Smith, you know. I mean, I, it's all about what he can do, really, more so than the receivers, because, yeah. um, and hopefully that will be the case. I, I that being said, I, I don't think our receivers are, are particularly fearsome. No, um, for, for any any defensive coordinator right now. I mean, I think that's, right. that's. I mean, I've always. I think Jamison Crowder is a good player, but um, we'll see what happens. I mean, they they have the potential, and so so hopefully they'll. Uh, you know, they'll get better, but at least we kind of don't have Terrell Pryor anymore to drop passes and run bad routes. <laughs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> I think, uh, I think Scandrick, um, I don't expect much from him at all. I mean, I guess it's, it's fine that they added him cause they had a need at, 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 uh, the nickel corner spot or, or a corner that could play inside and outside. So I guess he is that I think there's, you know, he's, he's been, he's had bad injuries several years in a row. Um, but you know, he's fairly cheap and then McPhee is extremely cheap and, and frankly cuttable tomorrow if something better comes along. So in that light, you know, it's it's almost impossible to object strongly, but you know, in, in his prime was, uh, a very, very effective pass rushing and run stopping outside linebacker, um, in his last year with the Ravens and his first year with the bears. So, who knows? I mean, I obviously have no clue really how healthy his knees are or, or his shoulder. I think, I think his shoulder caused him to miss yeah. several games last year too. But I mean, if, if he's healthy, uh, he's super cheap and that, that might be like a home run one year deal. I don't know. Um, they've been yeah, pretty so, stingy. So, yeah. Uh, so, so what do you think about, about the stinginess? I mean, I just don't quite, I mean, he mentioned in his interview that they assign a price value to a player based on how good they think they are. And they're not going to budge from that price. Um, you know, he sounds very, very assured of himself, and hey, we're going to do this the right way as far as getting good deals and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I appreciate that, but do you get extra wins for having good players on cheap contracts? <laughs> I mean, is there like, a, right. a, do you get an extra home game if you balance your budget? I mean, like, it's not my money. Like, I kind of right. feel like maybe we should be overspending a little bit, maybe getting some better players as opposed to just getting these cheap ones. <laughs> what a novel idea. I, I mean, like, and I mean, it just, you know, we used to be the Redskins who signed all these big-time free agents, and they all they were all busts, so maybe they want to do a little bit better than that. But it, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to maybe get, like, a middle-class type guy as opposed to just all these kind of cheap players, you know? <laughs> Scrubs. Um, <laughs> And so, I mean, you know, you get what you pay for in life, right? So they're yeah. cheap for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, you might get some good deals in there, but like, is that the point to get good deals? You know, I mean, right. I mean, why are we trying to save money? Right. I, generally, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, that that take at all. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, you, you you don't you don't nobody wins a playoff game or a Super Bowl with cap space. You you know you win you win with talent. And right. so, so, I mean, I guess, you know, following that logic out one step further, the only way it's defensible, and I think that it is, but the, the way that it is, is, is that I think being fiscally responsible and saving on most guys 
should allow you then when the time is right and and the value is right to go get the Josh Norman or the Deshaun Jackson when he falls into your lap and um and that's or fine. More. I mean they they have done that, you know, with those two guys specifically that that those were that generally panned out. I mean they they at one way or another, well certainly through the draft, but also I think going forward in free agency, there is no question. I mean it it doesn't get any simpler than to say or more accurate than to say that they just need better players. They need more talent. So if skimping for per- Pernell McPhee rather than you know paying double or triple that to Junior Gallette is gonna save them some cap, like okay, but you know sooner or later you gotta spend that cap on somebody who does help you win. Yeah, and the thing that kind of bugged me a little bit too is that I think the best players to spend money on are your own, and yeah. so they they gotta resign Sheriff, they gotta resign Crowder to right. the next contracts. But even he was, even Alan was saying in this interview, I think the 14 draft, they only have one player left. I yeah. think it was Morgan Moses. And he's right, and, and that's the draft where there was just this recent mass exodus, right? It was right. Murphy, was Long, Grant, and, uh, and Rashad Breeland. And Breeland, presumably gone. And so, you know, to me, like, and he was saying that's part of the game because then you get compensatory draft picks back for it. But, it seems to me you you want to at least have a guy for two contracts, right? Like, isn't yeah. that the biggest win that you draft a guy and then you want to re-sign him? Certainly, that's the biggest win. I mean, I I guess there's an argument to be made for getting four years of cheap, solid, cheap, cheap labor yeah. out of him. I mean, it's you know, it's not a. I wouldn't call any of those picks busts. I mean, they're NFL right. capable guys. It wasn't a terrible draft, but I think you're right. You know, I, I sure hope they're planning on re-signing the guys you just mentioned. And in the recent past, they've been pretty good about keeping the guys that they have had to. I mean, they got Kerrigan done. They got Trent Williams done. Right. Um, they got Brendan, Morgan Moses done. Tell me about the curious case of Ryan Grant. I'm confused by yeah. him on a number of levels. I mean, did the Ravens just screw him? Did they I, kind of decide that they didn't want to sign him after all? They got some negative publicity and just kind of fake that. I, I don't. I, I don't have one iota of special info on this, but I, I absolutely am interpreting the situation that way. Um, because here's my other question. If the Ravens were going to sign him to be their number one receiver, and if he just went to the Colts <laughs> and they were really excited about it, and if our receivers aren't that good, then why didn't why didn't the why Redskins? didn't we resign him? Yeah, I, I don't they, know. I, I thought they loved him. I uh, I I think they did and do. I I I just I don't know. I guess they. I, I, it, make, it does kind of make you wonder if maybe he was maybe it wasn't just the Redskins deciding not to. I mean, it's possible that he looked at the situation here with the Skins having just signed mm-hmm. Paul Richardson, knowing that his ceiling was number four again. And right. um, and maybe he, you know, maybe he just, I wouldn't blame him for, for wanting a better opportunity. Um, but as as much as they know and loved him and loved his, I think especially his versatility because he can play all the, all the receiver spots, I guess I just I don't think that they thought he was worth they he's certainly I mean there's no case to be made that he's worth what the Ravens almost paid him that that blew everyone away and so to me the sequence was just so sketchy I mean insane you know ridiculous contract that literally everyone pans and then um and then you know Crabtree becomes available <laughs> and then all of a sudden this you know foot injury that no one even knew about is prohibitive it, it's ridiculous like Ravens he never, are, apparently he never missed a practice for right, the Redskins, right. much less a game. Oh, I mean, and then and then the Colts passed him, the Redskins passed him on the exit physical. Robert, you know, all, all the doctors um, had had passed. Like it just, it was to me for an organization that has a fairly good reputation. Uh, 
league wide and and nationwide. Like that was, I, I think they really screwed him. And then so so then he went to the Colts, right? And was it did he get a multi year deal with the Colts? I know it was less money, but it might have just been a one year deal with the Colts. Yeah, I'm not sure, uh, but it could be a good situation if luck comes back. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I I I respect him. He he did you know he put his head down, and um, I think he outplayed his draft status over the course of his four years here, and. I I think he got screwed, and I wish him I wish him well. I hope he hope he parlays his prove it deal into a big big deal. So, Brent, speaking of draft status, what, what's your latest thoughts on on, on the draft? It's coming let's, up here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, let's do talk about that draft, Colin. Here's I'll just throw out to you with the Redskins sitting there at number thirteen, and I think in in my opinion, highly highly unlikely that they'll attempt to move up. I do, I do think that they'll probably entertain offers to move back, but. My if I if you if you sort of gave asked me for three guys right now who I think could realistically be available, um, who are my you know my preferred choices in that spot. Number one is uh, the defensive back extraordinaire out of Florida State, Derwin James. Right. Uh, my number two is um, Deron Payne, uh, who I think can really play all along the defensive line out of Alabama. And my number three is a local guy from Virginia Tech, Tremaine Edmonds, who right. is primarily pegged as an inside linebacker, but I think he can really probably do it all from the linebacker positions too. Yeah, no, I think um, I mean any of those guys I think would be great choices. Um, the, so I mentioned the last time we spoke that I, my dream was to get Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. I don't right. think that's going to happen at all. I think You're so people, practical, Colin. You love a guard. But people are talking him up like he might go like way high. Yeah, um, he could go top five. But you know what name I've seen in a couple recent mock drafts that's fallen? What is it? Um, and I heard maybe he had a bit a bit of a questionable combine who I would love to get, and that is Minka Fitzpatrick. I had a feeling you would say Minka. Um, and so I, I don't know why he would slip. I know Dur- I, So Florida State last year, they lost in the opening game to, to Alabama. Their quarterback gets injured, and they just had kind of a disastrous season. But I don't think Derwin James played very well last year for Florida State. You're right. I believe he took a, a step back. Um, my my feeling and, and, and why I'm still um, all about him is that I think he wasn't all the way recovered from his knee injury from the year before. Right. Uh, but you're right. He, his, his 2017 was not as good as his 2016. So that, that, is, that is a legitimate uh, question mark. And so if Minka Fitzpatrick could somehow fall, so I would mind seeing him or this guy Denzel Ward from Ohio State. People right. think he's – I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking about the defensive backfield. I just kind of feel yeah, like – Yeah, both of us have identified DBs as, as key targets. It's interesting. Um, but I, I'm, I, I would be totally fine with the Redskins drafting Minka P- Fitzpatrick. He, he supposedly – I mean, he has, for a lot of the same reasons I like Derwin James, it seems like he, this guy can play – Probably safety, some version of corner, also like nickel, DB. Um, and, and I've heard that uh, – I think, you know, one thing I really like about both of them is just in terms of football character, it sounds like they're both right. total alpha dogs. Patrick's supposed to be off the charts. But yeah, yeah. The only two people that – so there's one person I don't want us to draft uh, very much, and that was your little nugget you, you kind of – Put out there a few weeks back that they were interested in Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't draft Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, what an awful draft pick that would be. Uh, so no yeah. offense to Lamar Jackson, but um, <laughs> the I mean, the obvious comparison would be they're drafting Griffin again. Yeah. Um, the last thing you want to do is Alex Smith is make him a bridge quarterback again, like he's right. been his whole career. Yeah. But I gotta think, I have to think, 
they put that out there to enhance some trade, uh, send yeah. people to trade up, you know. I mean, surely Bruce Allen wouldn't divulge his draft secrets to ESPN's fantasy football writer, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I got to think that wouldn't happen, right? I think you're probably right, Colin. Bruce Allen, uh, for, for his many flaws, is, uh, you know, plays his cards pretty close to the vest usually. Um and uh, yeah, I guess I did play some minor role in perpetuating that rumor. But um, I, I, from from things I've heard, I believe that there is an, an a, a very legitimate actual interest uh, on the part of of some key decision makers in the Redskins in Lamar Jackson. But I'm with you; that would not be that would absolutely not be a smart move in the first round. If for some reason he was to fall, I'm probably still not taking him in the middle of the second round either. I love Lamar Jackson's upside. Um, oh, sure. I as, mean, but... as, as an athlete and as a quarterback, but I don't think he's, to me, it would be a, a bizarre fit and possibly counterproductive. I think it would be in, a horrible in pick DC. in the first round. Yeah. And not to mention, for him, the obvious comparison is, is Griffin, and so I think that's yeah. just too much. Yeah. The other person that I think they'll be tempted to draft at 13, I think would be controversial, is Darius Geis from mm-hmm. LSU. Yep. And so, you know, there's there's lots of talk, and I, I don't think this is a smokescreen at all. The Redskins are drafting a running back. I mean, yep. they're all, they've all been saying that. And so, gosh, is 13 too too high to take Geis? I I, I just don't know um, how much better he is compared to the guys you could get a, a Sony Michelle or a Rashad Penny or something like that, maybe yep. in round two. Um, and so how do you feel about Darius Geis at 13? I, I wouldn't take him there. Um, I, I, I mean, he's great. If he fell, I, I would, I'd be all about it, but I mean, he's, he's a terrific player who I'd love to have on the team. But to me, I, you know, he's, I don't think he's, I guess a lot of people have identified him as like the other obvious first round lock running back after Barkley. And and to me, like, I, I mean, I guess I've seen, you know, I guess he's another guy who was better in 2016 than 2017 due to injuries. And, um, at his best, he certainly looks really good. But to me, he's not quite like. I just think if you're going to drop a running back in the first round, you better be like absolutely sure he's going to just be a monster. Right. And you know, I, some people are. I'm not quite there on him. So to me, he's a reach. Um, again, love to have him. Probably not right there. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna like bring in a separate topic to this because I think it's relevant. And I've been tweeting about this the past couple of days. But of course, today they traded Sua Cravens, and. Sure. Um, and so basically what they got for Cravens, who I think was essentially of zero value to the team um, prior to the trade, because it, he just they, they had, I believe, long since decided he was never going to play for them again. Um, you know, I think, first of all, it, 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 you know, his the Sua Cravens experience in D.C. was was a giant failure overall. I mean, he, they got only one year out of him as a as a second round pick. Um, sure. So that was a total bust. But, you know, this little move in and of, in and of itself I think was, you know, it was nice that they got something. I guess basically what they got is a fifth, and then they got they got to move up a couple slots, really nothing right. to write home about in the fourth and the seventh. And then if he plays in a playoff game for the Broncos in either of the next two years, they'll get a sixth rounder. So uh-huh. it's it's a little bit better than I thought they would get, actually. Anyway, I, I bring this up here because I, I feel certain that they're going to use that extra fifth somehow and and in, in conjunction with with like the fourth rounder and fifth that they already had to maneuver around and and get a running back by day 2 I, i'm not to me like some of the value for running back here basically everyone's like talking about how awesome this draft is for running backs but i think you're kind of not taking advantage of that depth and that value 
if you're taking a guy in the second round who like kind of would have gone in the second round of any draft anyway. As I, right. I'd love to get a third rounder this year, and I wish they had one. Of course, they lost it in the trade for Alex Smith. But if they can somehow parlay what they've got into a third, like like an early third, that to me is where you get one of these, you know, a really good back who's still there. And then you've added, you know, key difference makers in the first and second round already. And then you get your Rashad Penny. Um, you know, that that's he's my personal favorite. Like maybe I'm asking too much. That 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 could be too too elaborate and too specific. But um, I'd rather have one of those guys uh in the third than Geis in the middle of the first. Personally, but I I, I agree. Everyone here knows what's happening. They, they 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 know they've got to get an impact back, and I think they're going to try and get one by day two. Yeah, it's just frustrating that this about the draft picks we've wasted. I mean, obviously, Stuart Cravens was a wasted pick, and. I can't help but think, what, what round did they pick P. Ryan in last year? Was he a fourth round I think pick? he's a fourth. I, yeah. I, I, he's not dead to me. I mean, I, I liked P. Ryan when they took him, and I think he showed, you know, he, he, he wasn't a disaster last year. I mean, he had right, some good right. games. He, he just kind of like, they needed him to be like a dog, and he just wasn't ready for that yet. So, yeah, so hopefully he can still contribute, because that's my only disappointment in wanting to draft a running back because we just picked one last year that we were like right. really excited about and, right and obviously he wasn't quite um he wasn't alvin kamara let's put it that way no and, and um, i can understand why some people would say like look you just took p run in the fourth you're coming off taking matt jones in the third like right. i don't want to deal with it that way anymore let's take a geist whenever you know whenever you have to but to me the guy you're getting in the third round this year is not a typical third round back he's right. he's a guy that in in other years you know, would be like a fringe first rounder because so many of these guys look awesome. Um, well, you know, we we I think we did a pretty good job on on the situation. What do you think, Colin? I agree. Hey, let me ask you one other question, Brent, about the Bruce Allen interview. Yeah, I'm curious what your listeners think about this. So, so I grew up going to RFK. I used to love going to RFK. Right, it was my favorite thing to do when I was a kid. And I was so excited when they built a new stadium just to, just to see it. But it turns out FedEx Field was kind of not very well built and not yep. all that exciting. It blows. So they ask, they're, they're asking Bruce Allen about the new stadium. You know, hey, Bruce, when, you know, any, any, any more updates on the new stadium and that sort of thing? And he's, you know, playing his cards tight and says, oh, you know, we'll announce that when it comes. Some people think he just has the job still because of his <laughs> stadium ties, right? Yep. Let me ask this question, Brent. Do you think anybody cares about the Redskins' new stadium? <laughs> I mean, I ask that in all sincerity. I mean, yeah. no one likes going to going to Redskin games anymore. FedEx Field right. is a dump. Yeah, the TV experience is so awesome. Yeah, that NFL attendance is kind of down. I feel like the Redskins are so pumped for this new stadium that they want to build. Yeah, but do you really think people are that? I mean, I'd be curious to go to it once to see what it was like. Right. But I'm not going to rush to buy season tickets to their new stadium. Like, do you think people are just like, oh, I cannot wait for this new Redskins stadium they're going to build out way out in Loudoun County. They're going to have so much traffic to drive to, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, is, is anyone excited about this? The Redskins have a, have a pulse of their of their fan base on this? I'm Terrific point. Terrific point. Personally, I 100% agree with you. I haven't been to a game in a long time, years, and I, 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 as of right now, I have very little desire to, I mean, unless they really turn the whole thing around. Of course, uh, you know, I have a hard time. I, I'm not sure that I speak for the people, though, because I live in central Virginia, and, yeah. you know, it's quite a haul. So, I mean, just logistically, there are, ma there are many obstacles 
I mean, certainly I could get to a game or two every year if I really wanted to. But no, the experience is not good enough. The chance of them winning is not high enough. And and the home viewing experience is amazing. So I, I, I'm absolutely picking up what you're laying down about the stadium being of far lo- lesser importance to me than, than the on-field the quality of the, the, the product. But, um, you know, I don't know. But people that live close, you're in Richmond, people that live closer, and, and obviously season ticket holders, um, what I'm, I'm sure or at least could feel very differently. I think that the, obviously, everything for everyone really boils down to money, and I don't really sure. understand all the implications, but I think having an amazing new stadium could potentially get them a Super Bowl, which apparently is a humongous thing for Dan Snyder. Um you know, short answer to your question, though, is no. I don't think any fan really cares as much about the stadium as they do about the winning. Right. And so I kind of feel like that's something they're always kind of talking about. And again, maybe that's why Bruce Allen still has this job, as, as some people yep. hypothesize because of his political connections. But, you know, I just don't see it as that big of a thing. I mean, I, I feel like you know, they're going to make it smaller. I mean, I think that's their niche is they want, they want to create a more RFK like intimate experience. And so maybe it would be better. Maybe people who go to the games will be really excited to no longer have to go to FedEx field and, and watch them play the Eagles with 20,000 Eagles fans. If, you know, if the stadium is smaller, they can maybe control more who goes to the games. Yeah. Um, Maybe that would be something to look forward to, but I, I, I think I certainly think that they could make it in such a way that that it would be you know a million times better than the current stadium, but but um, than than FedEx. But you know, in short, I, I'm having a badass stadium is not going to get me here uh, living again in, in in Central VA to go. Um, being an awesome team is going to get me to go for sure. I'll go I'll right. go several times a year if if they become I mean winners. I, I'll go to FedEx Field if I'm going to playoff games. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, it's it's you know? very simple. I I would think that they know that, um, but I but I also think that they know, regardless of whether they're winning or losing, they're probably going to make more money with that new stadium, and that's probably all the well, you know, what they care all, about most. Yeah, because it's all about money, I guess. So. Yep. All right, Colin. Th- this, as usual, has been uh, great fun for me. Um, I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed I appreciate it. you taking an hour out of your late Wednesday night and we'll see how it goes you know here for over the next couple weeks see if the Redskins can um, put anything else interesting together in terms of uh, adding the roster and then uh, draft will be here before we know in April and uh, I'd love to have you on then and, and chat about how it went down I can't wait alright pal we'll keep in touch see you later I'll see you back.